Happy New Year, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Season 2 of Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by the cohorty to my Captain Carter, Megan Spangler. It is good to be back in the house. I'm not saying it. I'm not doing it. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> uh, on today's episode, <laughs> we discuss what if season two and our echo predictions. Yes. So let's get right to it and let's dive in. Yes. Oh, so. It's so good to be back. I know. I missed it. So good. I did too. And <laughs> kicking it off for the new year, we have our what if season two reviews, as we promised in our last episode. This season generated a lot of buzz on social media, and it will be particularly interesting to see how Megan and my own opinions will differ. Megan is a self-proclaimed hater of animation <laughs> and did not like season one. Whereas, on the contrary, I'm okay with animation to certain degrees, and I loved season one of What If, so this could get spicy. We have not discussed the episode yet, so I'm interested to see how this goes. Megan, why don't you kick us off as we discuss each episode of What If Season 2? Well, I would love to. So, episode one, what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? In Season 2 premiere, Nova Prime recruits Nebula to join the Nova Corps, following Ronan the Accuser's successful coup against Thanos in the timeline. Five years later, before Xandar is sealed off from the universe to protect itself from Ronin's forces, Nebula discovers Yondu, murdered corpse, and receives orders from Nova Prime to investigate. So, I thought it was a cool episode. I liked seeing Nebula get all the attention. And I really, really like Nebula mm. and Yondu together. Not like together, together, but like. I wish he wasn't dead so they could just work together. Yeah. I I love the episode, actually. I thought it was a really solid season premiere. Um, I feel like they did such a great job of capturing, like, this gritty, like, underground kind of vibe that honestly reminded me a lot of um, Batman the Animated Series in a lot of ways. Because, like, maybe more of a futuristic version of that. Because it just, it really captured, like, a very dark side. Mm -hmm. But I will say... Love seeing Nebula like taking on this role and finding like this glorious purpose being <laughs> part of the Nova Corps. Um, and I, I just I thought the episode was wild. I love that Jude Law came back. Jude Law and Nebula had like a crazy sexual tension between them, which <laughs> I, I was kind of into for a second. Um, <laughs> and I love I'm I really liked Howard the Duck. I at first I thought his cameos were gonna end up being like kind of annoying, but like I, I actually find them quite delightful. So that was nice. Um, the only thing about this episode, they didn't, like, I mean, I guess they kind of explained that, you know, Xandar had been, you know, already five years, like, shielded up. So it, people were going kind of, like, crazy being trapped on this planet. But they never explained, like, why Yondu was on um, Xandar, because he lives in space. So that was kind of like, okay. And then Nova, <laughs> Nova Prime turning evil and, like, trying to frame Nebula for, like, destroying the planet or, you know, open the shields to let Ronan come in. Like, it just, it was it was a pretty wild turn for Nova Prime's character. And that was, that was pretty insane. It was, there was a lot of things. I was just kind of like, why? But you just kind of <laughs> go for the ride. I also thought the same thing about Howard the Duck. I was like, oh my god, not him. But then I, like, I was like, oh, he, I don't hate him. He's not bad. I mean. Yeah. He's not my favorite, but he's not bad. 
Agreed. And and I will say, I did not find Korg as annoying as I usually do in this episode of What If, as I have in the past with other projects he's involved in. So that's like one point for Taika Waititi, I guess. Oh my god, I found him so annoying. <laughs> it wasn't he as did. bad. Yeah, but I think, I think it's just a grounded, angry being that's growing inside of me because of Love and Thunder. Oh god. And I think it reared its ugly head, and I was like, just kill him. I don't care what happens. <laughs> just kill him. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think uh, no. I'm a little toxic with that. No, I, listen, normally I would totally agree with you, because um, Korg, I don't know, um, Ragnarok, he wasn't that bad. He was okay, I guess. I, I guess, overall, I find his character just to be okay. Like, yeah. I just, I guess I was just more so surprised that I wasn't completely annoyed with him in this one. Like, he wasn't, like, just a completely wasted <laughs> yeah. bit of episode. So that's I, something, I guess. I feel that. He blended in the episode well. He mm -hmm. was, every other, every other yes. thing he's been in, he's so forced. And he's just there. It's like, we could have this whole thing without you, and we would be fine. But this time, it wasn't like that. Yes. You're so right. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> He adds, like, so little, really. I don't know. I'm so indifferent with him, I guess. We're just so conflicted. So, episode two. What if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes? In 1988, the Ravagers take Peter Quill to Ego, who urges him to help his expansion across the universe. Six months later, after ravaging several worlds, Quill returns to Earth. In response, Peggy Carter and Howard Stark recruit Bill Foster, King T'Chaka of Wakanda, Bucky Barnes, thank God, Dr. Wendy Lawson, and a reluctant Praise. Hank Pym, who brings his daughter, Hope Van Dyne, <laughs> along team up to stop him. I really liked this episode. It was, the, you know, the OG Earth's Mightiest mm. Heroes, the real, the, the Ven it was the Avengers. I loved it. I thought it was, I'm not a big Peter Quill fan, and I'm still not a big Peter Quill fan, and this episode didn't change anything. Hmm. <laughs> it, I didn't see a difference. His, <laughs> his adult version with his younger version are about the same for me. It's just mm -hmm. some, someone who always has an issue, and there's no character growth, but that's my own problem. <laughs> uh, Roast I, him. I, I just... I, I've just been holding in so much for a month from not recording. It's all coming out. <laughs> I like, I thought it was cute that Hope and him start a little friendship and they're like, he's an alien. He's horrible. He's like, yes, I'm not from that. I'm from the Midwest. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I really liked seeing King mm -hmm. uh, Bucky. I had never considered what captain carter would think when she sees bucky i never thought of it until this episode and i was like oh yes that really took that kind of took me out there i totally agree and it wasn't just her it was howard stark too who had known him you know through steve back in the day mm -hmm. um it was really interesting interesting and i i will tell you i found the animation overall for the entire season really i'll say the animation was like peak. it was very well done very beautiful like there were certain like times I'd be watching and like it would look like almost real. Like if they were doing like a very um like removed shot, like very zoomed out, it almost looked like certain parts of the season almost looked kind of realistic. Like that's how good the animation was. 
the way they animated director carter's face when she sees bucky and you just literally see like slowly the realization come across her features was so like masterfully done and just and you're right like i never considered it and when i saw it i was like oh my god peggy's gonna see bucky like that's crazy she's gonna see him as winter <laughs> soldier like i just i was dying and of course like as usual like panties dropped when bucky walked in the room like it was just like oh yes my man oh. is here 100 percent like oh yes god I was Ugh, like, and he's still oh, the child. winter soldier oh this is such a gift thank you marvel we really needed this mm -hmm. exactly Bless. Bless oh all. for sure oh for sure i will say this season we got a ton of great bucky moments and we got a ton of great stuff just throughout all the episodes but um i will say i really i actually really enjoyed this episode i feel like every episode kept getting better and better this season like you know we a lot of bangers mm -hmm. um this one i really loved i loved you know hope and and young peter quill um i didn't realize how similar they were in age but it kind of makes sense and they were also kind of like like flirting it up a little bit <laughs> um and i i thought it was cool that they had king t'chaka there um and just i, I love the fact that they had a majority of the voice actors returning mm -hmm. um which always thrills me the only person who didn't uh return was who uh, the woman who plays uh, Dr. Wendy Lawson. I can't remember uh, her name. I think her name is Annette Annette Be Annette Benning or something, right? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Annette I, Benning. I, I don't know um, if I knew it. I don't think I ever knew her name. But I will say the voice, the actress, the actress who who took over, like playing doing the voice, did a really good job. A lot of the the recasted voices throughout the whole season were very good. Like almost like right almost there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this episode was great and. I feel like it opened up a possibility that Peter Quill could get his um, celestial powers back in the future, like in the MCU. And I'll tell you why. So someone on Twitter actually pointed this out when I and when I saw it, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like, I hope this is where they're going with it. Um, they, they mentioned that the seed that Ego plants on Earth can only be destroyed by like a celestial. Um, and no one ever destroyed the one that was on Earth that he left there. So, I mean, maybe... I don't know. There's oh, wait, that. Yes, didn't it blow up? Wait, never mind. Yeah, it blew up. Never mind. Forget what I said. Scratch that. <laughs> but, I don't know. I still have hope that he'll get his powers back someday. And it was a very good episode. I love seeing this, like, kind of, like, B-team Avengers in the 80s kind of getting together. It was really it was really nice. And it was it was cool to see a lot of these characters we didn't get a lot of time with in the movies to team up and and stop a, like a child from destroying the world so it was it was a fun ride it was definitely like all the avengers are here to stop one child that kind of that cracked me up some yeah but it was i thought mm -hmm. it, was, it was a strong episode definitely nice. so episode three this is a big favorite of a lot of people what if happy hogan saved christmas mm -hmm. on christmas eve happy hogan is assigned to oversee security at avengers tower for an annual holiday party until justin hammer and his henchmen sergey and rusty break out of prison and assault the tower for tony stark's technology and a sample of bruce banner's blood while attempting to save the blood sample hogan is accidentally injected with it causing him to gradually transform into a hulk-like monster while retaining his intelligence. I thought it was a fun episode. It 
whoever did Tony Stark's voice did really well, but it's like you said, he was almost there. Yeah. Um, I love I love anything with Happy. I everyone kind of like hyped this episode up a lot, so I think I went in expecting way too much, but it Mm -hmm. it was pretty good. My biggest issue with the episode is that Darcy, they could they made her that that didn't look like Darcy, uh, her character. I feel like they could have done better with that. Yeah. I don't looked... know. Like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. It didn't really capture like Kat Dennings very well. No, it didn't. Even though it... she voiced the character, yeah. like her face didn't look the same. Yeah, it looked more like uh, ooh, it. You could say it looked more like Kate Bishop than Darcy. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So. Kind of did. Yeah, that was my biggest issue. I love seeing Justin Hammer. I love his character. <laughs> it's it's just a such. I know. He's so toxic, and I love it. It's so funny to me. He is. I hope. I hope this. They, I mean, obviously, they had the actor come back to voice, and I hope that this means that we'll get Justin Hammer back in the MCU. I would love. I mean, his character is still out there. He was in prison, so I mean, definitely a lot of room for for him to make a comeback, especially like in something like maybe Iron War or Armor Wars or Ironheart or something. You know, I I could love. I would. I could totally get behind that. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I'll tell you, this episode in particular, as much as I loved it and I thought it was really entertaining and fun, it's probably my least, one of my least favorite episodes of the season, for sure. And Ooh. I did love seeing Happy, and I did love, um, just, I, I don't know, I, I loved the whole episode, but it just, it was my least favorite, I don't know. I, I think because it didn't do much for the overall story... Which, I mean, it's what if. Yeah, it's, maybe. It's, it's all random. This just kind of felt like more of a, oh, we gave you a Christmas one, too. Just so, just to, since we left out an episode in last season, we just made a Christmas one for you. It's kind of like the Christmas episode of every other exactly. show. It has nothing to do with the plot. It's just like, here you mm-hmm. go. It's just, I, I think it's, it's just like to celebrate. If we didn't get what if during the Christmas time, I don't think we would have, I don't I don't know what they would have done with this, to be honest with you. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, it would have been weird. I guess maybe they had planned this from the beginning. I don't know, but you're. Yeah, you're kind of right. Like, what would they have done with this? It would just be like a random Christmas episode of. That's what I'm saying. Like, of I the think, show, I don't know. I mean, people loved it, and that's great. I I don't know. I. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not a big Hulk fan or Bruce Banner fan, but I love Happy, but they turned him into Mm -hmm. a a Hulk. It just, I don't know. It was fun. They did their best. Yeah. It it was fun, definitely. But like I said, it was just not my favorite episode. Um, I don't know. But I definitely enjoyed it, and it definitely had its moments for sure. I agree. So moving on to episode four, what if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? In 2012, Tony Stark saved New York from the Shatari by redirecting a nuclear missile towards their mothership. However, in this timeline, the wormhole he used closes before he can return to Earth, causing him to crash land in Sakaar, you know, first seen in Thor Ragnarok, where he is forced to stay by its ruler, the Grandmaster. Stark interferes in a Mad Max-esque death race to save one of the racers Korg and encounters Gamora who was sent by Thanos to kill Stark for stopping the Shatari invasion this was a I what do you think 
I liked it, but like I have issues with Gamora. It, mm. The voice didn't sound like her. I don't think yeah. she would be like that shitty. If this like actually had, I don't think she'd be that shitty to everyone. But I mean, whatever. She relied way too heavily on I'm Thanos' daughter. It's like, so? That's all you did? You didn't say your name till the end. Come on. The Grandmaster was hilarious. Yeah. I, I was actually kind of rooting for him because oh, sure. I just liked him so much. It was just, it was, <laughs> it was a good one. It, it, I was nice to see Iron Man vulnerable, mm. like in like, such a vulnerable state. Yeah. And I liked how annoyed he was just dealing with all of Sakaar. Yes. Um, this episode, I'll be honest, it I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Like it, it like really pleasantly surprised me because you know those who don't know this episode was originally slated for last season. Um, it's you know in the finale of season one, there's a variant of Gamora who comes at the in the finale to help save the multiverse, becomes one of the guardians of the multiverse. This episode was supposed to be explaining like who who her her character is and how she fits in. They weren't able to finish it in time for season one to be released so they put it in this uh season and at first i was like oh this is gonna feel weird like for them to just have this random episode like oh by the way you know like talking about the person from the finale that we introduced and didn't explain at all like here's her episode finally it just i, I was thinking it was gonna feel out of place it really didn't and i thought that mm -hmm. the story was good um i thought that the way they wrote Tony stark was amazing like that cockiness that that like that confidence that he has and the way that he is such a natural hero uh really came through i agree with what you said the voice actor for tony stark i feel like they they got like the best guy they could have like he does a fantastic job emulating robert downey jr um yeah. same for the one who plays uh who does captain america's voice uh, or, or who does sorry who does steve rogers voice um in yeah. other episodes of the season but I felt like the suit-up scenes, the Iron Man suit-up scenes that that they brought to us were such a gift. Like, so well done. So amazing. The animation, again, incredible. Such a great job. I loved Valkyrie in this one, too. Like, she really brought her A-game. Yeah. I was really happy was a, with how the episode kind of turned out. That was another one. I was like, I just feel like you could have given her face a little more detail. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's fair. I could, I, cause I want to be able to like just recognize them immediately, and most of them I could. I mean, if you weren't listening to their voice, but then like the others, I'm like, man, you guys kind of shafted that one. But it's such a small thing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, when you convert to animation, there's like there's certain characters that look spot on, and there's always a couple that you're just like, what the heck? Who are you supposed to be? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. But I will say, this particular episode, the Nexus event that creates, like, the branch timeline that creates this whole scenario here, like, where he, like, is just, like, just a little short of making it through the wormhole back to New York. Such an interesting concept, especially when you, when they touch films like the original Avengers in 2012. Um, it just, it's so, so, I, I thought it was so cool. I was eating it up. I was like, oh my god. What if, I never thought of, like, what if Iron Man never made it back to New York? What if he never went back through the wormhole? Like, what a cool concept to explore. And the whole Thanos thing was really interesting because it's kind of true, right? Like, he would, like, probably send someone after Tony Stark if he knew he was out there in space somewhere. So I think that's that, that was a really interesting, cool little thread they kind of weaved in. 
Um, I kind of see what you were saying though about Gamora. So I kind of I kind of see what you meant. And the voice actress, yeah, I feel like there were certain times where I was like, it sounded very very good, and then certain times where I was like, this is not Gamora. Like it just kind of threw yeah. me at, at times. I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like to get her whole vibe of Gamora, her voice is uh pretty. Zoe Saldana's voice is pretty recognizable, but I feel like they just yeah. got a little a little closer there. But I mean, yeah, like she had the raspiness kind of down that Zoe Saldana tends to have like a little bit of, but I don't know. It just, it, it, there were certain inflections that just did not sound like Gamora at all to me. So I don't know, but yeah, she did a great it, job either way. I mean, you know, not her fault. Yeah, no, I mean, she, she did well. It was just like, uh, cause mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I like Zoe Saldana's voice. It's just such a sexy voice. I like it too. Yeah, it's you're beautiful. right. I I kept thinking the same. Like she has such a distinct voice. It's true. Yeah. Well, it could have been worse. <laughs> okay, so episode exactly, five. Exactly, it's true. <laughs> episode five. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? In a mm-hmm. continuation to last season's finale cliffhanger captain peggy carter and natasha romanoff find steve rogers inside the hydra stomper armor aboard the lemurian star but he attacks them womp womp (laughs) a briefing with nick fury leads romanoff to deduce that rogers who went missing in 1953 was captured and brainwashed by the red room i really like captain carter and natasha romanoff just kicking ass Yes, I, great I, team up, great mashup they did. When they said that they, it was the Red Room. I love Natasha's backstory so much, and I feel cheated. We never got so much more of it. So I was like, "Oh my god, we're getting more!" Oh my god, I know. I was so excited. Yes. And then, uh, then we saw Steve. I mean, mm-hmm. that's fine, <laughs> but <laughs> it, I don't know. I. Steve is cool and all, like, but my biggest issue with this entire season was it was so centered around Captain mm. Carter, and she's a great character. Don't get me wrong, but mm. it's just like, I mean, in you know, in Multiverse of Madness, we got six seconds of her before she got sliced in half, and this, I'm just like, yeah, she's just. I feel like she's so overutilized in it. I think it would have been cool if it was like Natasha and Bucky and they had to fight mm. the Red Room and they saw Steve. I think that would have been cool. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people, like not a lot, but I saw quite a few people complaining about the Captain Carter um, pre- prevalence in this season. I didn't mind it. I really like her character. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I knew, but you know what? I expected this because I knew from the beginning that they were going to have her be kind of more of a constant character throughout being this kind of multiversal warrior um, because mm-hmm. the the producers had said it from the beginning. So I kind of expected it. And I, I didn't think that they did a bad job. Like, I, I guess, I don't know, my opinion is different, but I, I did like, I, I liked her and I liked this episode a lot. I loved the team up between um, Black Widow and Captain Carter. I feel like it was nice to finally give Natasha like a female teammate to like bounce off of. And they, they just, they fell into such a great rhythm. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, I love the mashup they did between like Winter Soldier and the Black Widow movie. Um, yeah. 
I, I just I, I loved all of it. I thought it was so cool how they had Senator Barnes. Like that's like that's what would have happened if Bucky had never become the Winter Soldier. Like he would have just become yeah. like a senator, and he, he seemed like so pure even as like a senator. I was like, oh yes, that's my man. Even I was old, proud of him. Still get it. I was so proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> Our baby got a job. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the personal growth is real, guys. The personal growth. <laughs> But it was cool. I like I liked the fact that Rachel Wise came back and is her, within her role as um, yeah as Melina, uh-huh. leader of the Red Room, and she she actually came back and did a fantastic job voicing. Um, just awesome episode. I, I I really liked the premise. I liked how everything ended up. Very cool. That cliffhanger was wild at first when you when you get to see Wanda like pop up at the end, like capturing Captain Carter from that universe and pulling her into that yeah. you know too. Um, and it really got me hyped for like the rest of the the week. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this episode. When is it coming? When is it coming? So it was cool. It was a good one. It was. And I just wish that Melina would have made like a slight reference to Yelena. Yeah. Because I thought okay, yes. as soon as Black Widow said, hey, sisters. And I was like, you have one sister and none of you have mentioned her. How dare you? I thought that would have been really cool. I I totally agree with you. I kept thinking that I was going to see like one of them end up being Yelena at one point. They were going to be like, oh, it's her. It's sister versus sister. Like I thought I was really hoping that, that one of the widows that uh, Melina brought with her was going to be Yelena because it took place in the time before she would have woken up. It would have been perfect to like slip her in. They didn't do it. I don't know why, but Miss Opportunity, I love me some Florence Pugh. So she would, her voice acting would have been incredible, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would have like she's everything i would have liked that or if they had to recruit a friend to help them and it was yelena and it was like daughters versus mother that would have been cool but this was a this was a strong episode i have to give him credit for that for sure so moving on to episode six what if the cohorti episode cohorti mm-hmm. reshaped the world after surter surter destroys Asgard earlier in the timeline during Ragnarok. The Tesseract crash lands in the lake in the Hoden-Oshogni Confederacy in pre-colonial America. In the late 15th century, young Mohawk siblings Cohorti and her younger brother are hunted by Spanish conquistadors who ransacked their village in search of the Fountain of Youth. While hiding inside a cave, Cohorti is shot, causing her to fall into the Forbidden Tesseract Lake, which teleports her to another dimension and gives her incredible new powers. I fucked with this episode so hard. Oh my god. Oh, yes. It was... It was incredible. It was everything I imagined. Uh, She is just phenomenal. And it was just... Oh, it was so good. Like, I loved the cultural aspect of it. I loved how much they put into this to Same. make mm-hmm. it as accurate as possible. That, that like, that means a lot. I, I'm not Native American, but <laughs> it still means a lot. I like, I like, <laughs> it still means a lot. It, I like that extra effort. It was, it was really good. They, man, they made... The conquistador is so damn ugly. I was like, God, yes. we know who the villain is. Good wow. Lord, have mercy. 
<laughs> oh my god. This episode, again, a beautiful episode. The color, the animation was gorgeous. Um, I loved Cohorty and her powers. I loved the fact that they did a lot of the episode in like the Mohawk language. I was expecting to see some backlash from the toxic fanboys about that, but no one said anything about having to read subtitles. I was very impressed and very proud. Like I feel there's a little personal growth going on with the fanboys. I know. <laughs> incredible, incredible, incredible premise. Great story. Um very cool it had me at the end saying like yo fuck the conquistadors man like i i was so like about it i love when she was beating their ass it was amazing amazing and yeah they were and when at the end when she's like force choking the queen of spain and that was just just kiss it was so good it was really good oh my god when in the end when she killed the hell out of someone with her powers they were like laying on the ground oh my god i was like Girl, oh my god, like, mm-hmm. it was that's how you introduce a new character, that's how you do it. They for sure nailed it. Oh my gosh, like all it was 10 out of 10. It was beautiful, I, it was beautifully done. And I am so so proud of the fandom for how they supported this episode. One, it was a, Same. a female Same. character a new character, mm-hmm. a character who's not white, and the whole thing was in a mm-hmm. whole other language. I'm proud of you guys. This, yep. this like like Max said, this was personal growth and you guys you guys deserve it. I, I believe again a little bit. A little, a little <laughs> bit. But I do. Yeah. You know, it was it was phenomenal and I, I was I was very impressed. I loved the whole the like her powers were super cool. Like they weren't overdone. Like just it, it opened up a whole new world. I would I, I honestly this episode could have been like a Marvel film. Like it could have been its whole sure. own film. I would have like killed. It reminded me a lot of um Prey on Hulu, the one of the um the um Predator spin-off films, the one with um Amber Thunder where she plays like a a native woman in like in the in the past that fights off one of the predators that comes to earth mm-hmm. like that i yeah it was it was really good i could picture amber Thunder playing a live action version of cohorty for sure um and i just yeah I, I i could i could do so much more with her character like please like let her come more let her be in more projects i loved her so much this i feel like this should not have been a what if episode this should have been a special presentation for sure oh yeah for sure like for sure, what a slap! Uh, like I, it would have, and it 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 was just ah. Uh, at the end of it, I was like, "No, come back! I miss you already. You're too cool to leave." <laughs> She's just I know, too cool. I know. And the biggest she was, she was uh, dope. Yeah, the biggest complaint I've seen to everyone was like, "She's so overpowered. She literally had the power of the tesseract. No one said the tesseract was overpowered. Come on, guys." exactly like it's true it's true yeah so whatever it's what people it, will always it's what say it. that about a female character for sure it it's what if it's not like if she goes into the mcu outside of what if she's gonna have those powers because the tesseract didn't land in her area you know so mm-hmm. she's it's true i don't know what they're gonna do with her but i need to know like right now because I, yeah. I I loved her. She's great. So, episode seven. What if 
Hella found the Ten Rings. Growing weary of Hella's bloodlust in the Nine Realms, Odin banishes her to Earth and strips her powers by destroying Molnir and placing enchantment on her crown. Hella lands in medieval China is confronted by armies of Zhu Wenwu. So, this episode was freaking fire. First of all, this w- mm-hmm. first okay. I don't even know where to start. Odin, dick. Yeah. He's awful. As usual. <laughs> Hella, yes. Hella, Her my use. baby Hella. Yeah, my baby Hella, who I have loved, the redeeming part of Ragnarok. She just she she got what she deserved. I don't even know how to describe it. It was all so good. They gave her such an arc and gave her so much so much character development. It was so good to see. It was so nice. Yes. What did what did you think? Well, first of all, I I honestly like think this is my favorite episode of season two by far. Ooh. Um and that's hard because there's an episode with Wanda in it. So that's when you know this was really <laughs> a good one. Um yeah. I just, I loved the premise. I loved the, again, the Nexus event was brilliant. Like, instead of banishing her to hell, he banishes her to Earth, which is something he eventually thinks up for Thor, like, you mm-hmm. know, years later. Um, and I just, I, it, so much we learned in this episode. Like, I, I actually really liked the chemistry that she had with Zhu Wenwu, um, Shang-Chi's dad. That was, like, unexpectedly, like, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett brought her A-game to this. And you can tell, like, when someone's just a really phenomenal actress, like, she was so good as a voice actor in this. Like, it, it just, she, she like, it made the episode, for sure. If it had been someone else, wouldn't have hit as hard, I don't think, uh, by far. Um, I loved the continuation and, like, the the exploration of Hela's personality that we didn't get a lot, get, didn't get to see a lot in um, in Ragnarok. Um, I, I just, I was so happy, and it, it was interesting because I feel like we learned quite a few things from this episode. Like, one, we learned that, he, like, again, like you said, Odin, shit dad. Like, ne- yeah. some things never change in the multiverse, I guess. Um, yeah. But it just goes to show, like, if Hela had been given a chance, like, look at what she made of herself. Like, she completely cha- like turned a new leaf. She changed her from being just this very dark villain goddess of death to, like, this... Hella the White, um, goddess of life type of character by the end. Her her suit up and like when she gets her powers back was amazing. Like just Odin, Odin literally showed up to Earth and was like beating the shit out of his daughter. And then like she's she just like in that moment she realizes her full potential and gets her helmet and he's like strangling her. And then she's just like, no, pew. and like then she like <laughs> takes him down, which was insane. Um and surprisingly, like I was, I was a little weary about this episode when they first started talking about it and announced that this was what it was going to be about, like a kind of cross between Ragnarok and um, Shang Chi: The Legend of the Ten Rings. I was a little worried, but they meshed it so well together and did such a great job. Like it was, it was just, it was awesome. I loved every second of it, and I wanted more. I got worried when they oh, was it a Funko or was it something else of Hella. Wearing the outfit. Oh, God. It was on our first episode, people. So if you go back to episode number one, that's where we talked about it. That's when I was like. That's true. (laughs) Uh, That's when I was like, oh, no. This this seems too too much. There's no way they can integrate it so well. But dang, they did. 
Mm-hmm. Now I need more Shang-Chi. That's something I I oh, need yeah. address. Because that was just so well done. I need them to be a buddy cop. I need a buddy cop movie of them. They're great. Oh my god, it was insane. So fantastic. Yeah. And seeing her like on this journey of personal growth. Again, this whole season is just about personal growth, everyone. <laughs> um, it is. Just seeing her on that journey of personal growth, going to Talo, you know, seeing this dragon. I know a lot of people were having theories that she like takes over the dragon's mind and all these different things. And it ended up, not, none of them ended up being true. Um, <laughs> but it just, it was so brilliantly done. Brilliant crossover. And it just, I, I really hope that as we explore the multiverse more, I, I would love to see this be a way for them to bring back Kate Blanchett's Ella in live action in the MCU. Like I could totally see her swooping in on her horse or, or whatever she was riding at the end. I can't remember if it was her wolf or her horse, but her I could wolf, totally see I her think. swooping into secret wars. It could have been her wolf, but like yeah. I could see her popping into secret wars, like for sure her and Cahorty, I could totally see them being in secret wars. Same. I could see that. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Cahorty. Ella, I just don't think we're done with her in the, uh, MCU, so I think she's gonna pop up somewhere super random. Yeah, like I mean, I don't know where she could pop up, but she, I mean, I feel like I constantly say, uh, "Oh, it's Secret Wars," when I just don't know. <laughs> so it's Secret Wars. Exactly. Yeah, so, it's true. <laughs> Everything is just Secret Wars now. No, but you know yeah. what? They kind of left her death like a little ambiguous in Ragnarok. So I feel like they could totally plausibly like bring her back into things. It's just, I really like this version of her so much. I really would like to see more of like of this white version of Hela. I actually, I really do too. I, like I love Hela. I love her dark Hela. I love the death Hela. Mm-hmm. I love this, the Hela, but like I, I need character development for all of them, but them going in a different way. Yeah. Like I need white Hela to keep, going on the road she's doing as she was in what if i need dark hella to just keep messing up everything <sighs> i want them to fight i want them to fight each other <gasps> oh yes that's what we need in secret wars yes oh my god that's what we need oh, mm-hmm. thor thor will be so confused god, thor is really gonna be so confused by the time he yeah he's got some stuff to unpack coming up in the mcu between loki being like the god loki and ruler of the timelines now and not dead and now hella like all these things yeah he's gonna be her so i'm excited what you're saying is that hella's brother is the ruler of the timelines i could see him doing a little something something there like where your head's at kid that's a good one like it it is well, one thing I'll say about this episode that I learned that was mm-hmm. interesting was the fact that they officially confirmed that Frigga is not Hela's mom. She refers to her as Odin's new girlfriend. So oh. I guess it, it could either like, I guess it answers the question, but like gives another like, okay, then who's Hela's mom? Like what's, who's Hela's mom? I want to know now. <laughs> okay. So I heard her say that and it didn't register with me until you just said it out loud. And I was like, what a rude, <laughs> snotty thing to say. But then I just never thought about it again. It's all hitting me at once right now. Who? Mm-hmm. Hey, who is the other half of Hella? Oh, I hope it's some someone sure. weird. God, I hope it's something weird. I hope so, so too. Heimdall. <laughs> <laughs> it's Asgard. Anything can happen, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, 
God. Oh, God. Oh, moving on <laughs> to episode eight. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? In an unofficial part two of episode five, after being pulled into the Renaissance-themed universe, Captain Carter agrees to help Wanda Merlin and Sir Nicholas Furry stop an impending incursion. She saves Prince mm -hmm. Loki from being pulled into a tear, but fails to save Queen Hela and is hunted by Sir Harold the Happy Hogan under the new King Thor's orders. This episode kicks ass. I oh, That's a good oh one too. okay. This was the ooh, uh, this was the one I was excited about because it's just there's so much in it, like Thor. Yeah, it was jam packed. Yeah, it was a lot, but it wasn't too much. Like Wanda, mm -hmm. incredible as usual, even though she had a small oh, yeah. part of just being assistant. Ha an angry happy makes me happy. Thor needs oh, to, God, yeah. to take several. He needs to take several seats. First of all. It was really, really Thor was weird. angry in this one. He was. It was really weird hearing him call Hella my queen. That kind of yeah. that threw me off. I, I haven't recovered from it throwing me off, actually. It was first of all, Loki. <laughs> oh my god. When the it was one part hilarious. I the one part I wanted to mention before I forgot, and I made a mental note of this today. When uh when Captain Carter says, You're more dramatic than your brother and loki says bless i have never felt more yes! connected i've never felt more connected to loki than that very moment oh it was so good oh it was perfect it was it was, it was amazing oh. i just it was a very good episode um i just feel like it was a lot in one episode but it was still awesome i, I loved every second i mean honestly like bucky wanda and loki all in the same episode like that just enough said that's like just yeah amazing um i will say i felt like they hyped it up for elizabeth olsen that, uh, for wanda merlin yeah. to have a bigger role but i'll tell you elizabeth olsen's voice acting wow she was so good like so, so like just her voice is so soothing to me for some reason but it was just so crisp and just so perfectly like dramatic when it needed to be and it was just so so nice i don't know she did a great job i will say i she wanted did. more of her though um i like nick fury super cool uh sir nicholas fury yes mm -hmm. a, exactly a, sir nicholas yeah so he's always been keeping secrets even back in 1602 that was exactly. kind of cool when he was uh exactly. helping out helping out pegs yes <laughs> pegs i yeah. i don't know i felt like weird like they conjured they conjured peggy from another universe to help with these incursions and then like thor's like just like i'll go get her i want her alive like you know like just going after her it's it just i don't know the pre i guess it really what i didn't like about the episode was like the premise was very shaky it was kind of like they tried so hard to fit all of this 1602 like the cult, the comic story like into one episode and it just felt like there were a lot of disconnects with, like, the plot, like, making sense. But I was kind of rolling with it. I still enjoyed it a lot. Um, but I will say one thing. My favorite part of the episode were, like, the ye old insults that Happy was just, like, flinging at everybody. <laughs> like, just being so dramatic. It was just, like, incredible. That was the best. Yes. I, I loved it. John Favreau I did really it. did. I, he always does. 
I agree with what you said. It was kind of like they all had, they had all the petals of a flower, but they didn't have the center. You know what I mean? Like they had all mm, everything yes, to make yes. a good one, but they didn't have the thing to keep it all together. I mean, basically they relied on all of the cool features that came with the episode, which oddly enough really worked yeah. out. To be honest, they could have taken Captain Carter out of that whole episode. I would have been fine. Because I was like, man, you gave us enough. You, We finally see Loki and Wanda in the same vicinity. Oh, yeah. That was cool. It, mm-hmm. it was They're, good. Oh, they were Thor. together. They were literally, He was holding Wanda. Yeah. Yeah. He was like helping her up. Like, that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just... That, was, that did my heart. Oh. Life made. <laughs> it was good. I... Another thing I find a little annoying about this season is how much Peggy talks to the Watcher. I'm just kind of like, you're you're supposed mm, to be watching. Yeah. Just stop talking. Yeah, they're a little too BFFy, but I didn't I didn't necessarily mind that. Um, what bothered yeah. me about this particular episode was just like the, when they reveal it to be Steve, it just felt like so weird. And then when they when they kind of explain yeah. how he got to the past when he like <laughs> nicks the time stone on Thanos's glove, like I get it. But also, like, it didn't make sense. Like, then how did all these other Avengers get to this time period? Like, were they also trans? Like, it wasn't very well explained to me. Um, and then they it, all disappeared when, when <laughs> she solved the issue. And it just kind of felt like, what the what the F is happening? I don't, I don't know. It kind of got confusing towards the end. I still enjoyed it, but it was just weird. I was, when they, he said, when I was hitting Thanos, I nicked the time stone. I was like, oh, how convenient. Like, y'all could have, there could have been something else. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> you missed Yeah, it felt stone? weird. Like, I don't know. You mean to tell me your Wakandan know. shield can break a time stone? Get yeah. out. Wanda had trouble breaking a time <laughs> stone. Not a time stone, an infinity stone. Get out of here with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I'm just was, maybe was I'm still a little mad. <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot. I was <laughs> like, all right. All right, buddy. <laughs> If that's what you're, you're going to tell yourself, that's what happened. That's okay. We'll just roll with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll let you have it. Episode 9, mm-hmm. what if Strange Supreme intervened? Strange Supreme takes Captain Carter into his sanctum infinitum, where he reveals that he has been capturing universe killers to atone for his sins and asks for her help in capturing an escaped variant who fled to a universe where Hydra used the Tesseract to destroy the world. Carter agrees and encounters Cahorti, who reveals that Strange has been capturing variants to feed to the Forge, a contraption he built to resurrect his lost universe. This, okay, when it started and he's like, I have to find the universe killers, I was like, Captain Carter, if you believe him, I swear to God, and then she did. And I was like, you done done. She was in on it. Yep. She she was she was all in. And then mm-hmm. then Cohorty shows up speaking English. That threw me off. Like a lot happened here. Yeah. It Cohorty's such a pain. There player. was a lot. It yeah. I know. And I was like she, is. <laughs> she did so good. Um but it was it wasn't a bad episode. Like I said, it's just so Peggy heavy, and I've never taken an interest in Peggy as a character. So that's my issue. It's not their mm. issue. But Cahorty was cool. I liked 
that it was like you know darker but then it's like uh it's you know supreme strange he tries to kill people and murder it's all for christine <sighs> and yeah then, yeah and oh, then strange captain carter gets all the infinity stones and puts it on somehow she can wear it but tony stark dies when he snaps or the hulk almost loses his arm when he tries to snap but captain carter could just wear it what is that what did what did you think i was trying to remember if like last season i, I was trying to remember if last season like if because this was originally killmonger's armor if like strange had like enchanted it or something and that's why it was like able to do that i couldn't remember but yeah i kind of i kind of agree that's kind of a weird plot hole for them to have included like where it doesn't like damage them i mean i know she's a super soldier but if it if the hulk was able to like snap and his arm yeah. got messed up and tony stark yeah. dies snapping these stones like why is she like just all willy-nilly using the, i mean i don't know i guess it, that kind of it didn't really bother me i was just kind of rolling with it but it was kind of a weird thing um, I like the team up with Cahorty. I like that we got to see Cahorty again. She, her speaking English kind of threw me too. I wish it would have. I mean, but then again, at the end of the of her episode, she was speaking Spanish to the Queen of Spain. So I didn't really understand like how she learned Spanish. I don't know if that's one of her powers. Maybe is like languages now all of a sudden. I don't know. But she, she apparently she's like trilingual. Um, but she was definitely speaking full on well, English. And I, I got, I got a sinister vibe from him yeah. the whole time from Strange. So I don't know. I, I could see he was up to no good. Well, but, doesn't yeah. the Tesseract give you that kind of knowledge? Like in Avengers, when Loki's like, what did the Tesseract show you? And it says, it just shows, it's just knowledge. It shows me everything. So that makes sense that she can speak all those languages. Um, I didn't think about that until you just said it. So it was, it was interesting. I freaking strange. I was like, just die. Like we're done. We're over it. <laughs> just Wait, die. You're so upset, upset, and just die. <laughs> like, sorry. Yeah, like please, Christina's not coming back. Sorry, hun. Like, let's let's get over it now. <laughs> like, please. Like, this is annoying. No, you know, and a lot of people online I saw, or not a lot of, again, not a lot of people, like a, a vocal minority of people were complaining about how oh it, they like nerfed his character and like oh it didn't follow the plot progression from the first season i definitely think it did i mean he he was always just desperate for christine to be yeah. alive that was his whole thing that was his whole character he, like he destroys his universe to bring to to save her and then gets caught up in this multiversal thing and i guess it doesn't really like he, he goes crazy he spends all that time in that library um learning how to like absorb all these interdimensional like demons and beings and things and like take their power so it's like yeah of course he's like twisted up i mean look what he's ingesting like that that makes yeah. sense but a lot of people were I, like a lot of people were complaining about the fact that you know there was a part where captain carter's wearing like all the different like universe killers like their um their like special uh items i guess like she's like wielding yeah. a sword from she's hulk wearing... which i didn't understand the sword from the, hulk. The, again the, that was another episode that no was that was uh season and that was uh season. the 1602 episode where he's like give me the all father that was the all father um and then she, yeah and oh. then she had, okay then that yeah, makes sense never mind she had hella's head gear helmet thing and i was like what are we doing here what yeah like it well you know what it is it's kind of like a variant to amelia clark's character in secret invasion 
Yeah. Yes. Tagaya. That's, I think, what people were, like, were comparing it to. I don't particularly see it as, like, so similar because she really was just taking the artifacts and using them, which I guess is fine. I mean, they fully just, like, overpowered yeah. Gaia for sure. Um, but I just, I didn't, I didn't have such a problem with it. But people were going so in saying, like, oh, it's, like, Secret Evasion Gaia. Like, why do they keep doing this with characters? Again, if you watched last season, you saw Strange literally ingesting, like, all these horrible monsters from, like, the multiverse or interdimensional, whatever you want to call them, demons. And, like, getting all this crazy power, of course, she would need, like, more to be able to, to be equal to him. He's just super overpowered yeah. himself. So I didn't really see that much of an issue with it. I know a lot of people were bothered by it, but it wasn't. It didn't bother me as much. I will say this is not like one of my most favorite episodes of the season, but I definitely didn't dislike it. I, I enjoyed it. It was a good conclusion, I think, to what they were building well, up to. First of all, I thought I was clicking with that guy thing. I did not know everyone was complaining and saying the same thing. So thank, thank you, Internet. <laughs> I thought I did something there. Uh, fuck it, Megan. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it was just... <laughs> oh, God. It was just a lot that had to happen and that did happen i get it's what if it you know it, it's crazy that it is in in its nature but it's like i just feel like captain carter mm. is so freaking forced i don't know why well maybe it's because yeah. you know there's no i was gonna say because there's no steve rogers in the mcu but there's sam wilson i don't know why i don't know if, i don't know if yeah. that means we're gonna see her at some point in the mcu but it's, I don't know. It was a lot of her. And she's a... Secret Wars. Secret Wars. <laughs> it's gonna <be> Secret Wars. <laughs> Everything is Secret Wars. Yeah. Uh, but it's... <sighs> exactly. Like, she's not a bad character, and I don't dislike her. But I don't know. I just don't find her that interesting. Which, she, I, she has, like, all the qualities I, I want in a character. But I just don't know. Maybe I'm sexist. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sexist. Indifferent, indifferent about Captain Captain Carter. I don't know. I've, I guess it just to me it's different because I always really liked Peggy from the get go. I always liked her in in um the first Avenger when you know seeing her and Steve and their love like blossom in that movie. I always really liked whenever I got to see her pop up in an MCU film. I really enjoyed the Agent Carter TV series. Like I was so devastated when they canceled it. And I really got into her character in Haley Atwell. I really am a big fan. So I don't know. Maybe it's different from me, but or for me. But um, I don't know. I really enjoyed. I didn't. I didn't find it too forced. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I, I mean, know. I saw a lot of people really, really enjoyed it. I think for me, like I always was a little annoyed with Steve Rogers too, because I'm like freaking goody two shoes. I don't. I need. I I need spice. I need edge. <laughs> and they don't. They don't give that to me. Yeah, but that's true. Bucky was everything to me and then there's steve so yes. <laughs> uh that, that's really it it's true so as a whole did you like season one or season two more Ooh, i i definitely think i like season two more Ooh. um i definitely enjoyed it more i think for sure cool me too i felt like the stakes were bigger they had they had a lot of new stuff to pull from so it was it ended up being like just a bigger a bigger season i guess i liked it too. yeah it was good i i thoroughly enjoyed it i didn't like season one so really I did not. it just 
I don't know. I think it's because it's not going to go anywhere or anything. So I'm just kind of like, why am I putting my hope into it? You know? Mm-hmm. I think that's my thing. And freaking, exactly. freaking animation. Can we all just move on? God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just over it. Exactly. But, I mean, th- they did good. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you, what did you think about, like, the daily release schedule? Like, getting an episode every day. What did you think? I think if they did it at a different time of the year, I would have really liked it. But it was at the busiest time of the year. And I was like, oh, that's one more thing I have to do every day. Mm. But, like, if it was in the summer, I think I really, really would have loved it. <laughs> but it just sucked. It was like, really? yeah. This time, I was, like, I watched the Kahorki episode, the Hella episode, and the Nebula episode all on the days they released. All the other ones, I was like, yeah, once Christmas is over, mm. let we'll figure it all out. That's what I did. So it wasn't bad. What did you think? Hmm. I'll be honest. I really loved the daily release. I liked like it was nice during Christmas time or during the holiday season to wake up every day to like a new a new episode of of what if to like dive into. And it was so I don't know if it was because like I had a lot of like driving that I was doing. Like I was a passenger, like driving long distances, visiting family and things. So I got to like enjoy <laughs> them like in the car, and it was really nice to have something to watch every day and like you know enjoy. But I really enjoy. I really, I really loved the whole daily release. It was something fun to look forward to, and it was a nice little, like a nice little holiday treat. Um, I really thought it was awesome, and I, I liked having the MCU content daily versus like all at once. Or, well, I guess not really. We haven't had it all at once not until Echo comes out. But mm. you know, getting something daily versus like weekly, especially for a show kind of like What If. Like, I feel like that's part of the reason that like pissed me off a little bit about What If season one was like. I'm really waiting weekly for like an animated series like to be premiering. Like, you know, it just it, it feel like it's it's not big enough for, to warrant like a weekly release. Like a daily release is is much more an animated series like speed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's uh I am Groot all released at once, but no one ever wants to Oh, that's true. No one ever wants to count that. And it was adorable for all you people. But <laughs> it was. I'll ride or die for I'll ride or die for baby Groot. I don't care. But I, yeah, once a week is way too excessive. Sure. So it, it would either have to be uh, every day or release all at once. There's no way. Yeah. 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 If it was every week, I, I don't think I'd like it. Just maybe if it was like 45 mm-hmm. minute episodes, but I mean like 20 minute episodes, come on. But it was, it was a creative way to do it. I know. I, it's true. I liked that they were creative with this. All in all, Same. I'll give it like uh, seven out of ten. Okay, I'd probably give it like an eight point five out of ten. All right. So tea time with Max and Megan starts with a trigger warning. We are discussing the Jonathan Majors trial verdict. So if you're uncomfortable with hearing, we get it. It's fine. You can just skip this part. So Jonathan Majors trial verdicts. Assault in a third degree with intent of physical injury, not guilty. The accused is found not guilty of intentionally causing physical injury in the third degree. Next one, assault in the third degree, recklessly causing physical injury, guilty. The accused is found guilty of causing physical injury recklessly in the third degree, indicating that the injury was caused without specific intent 
but through reckless behavior. The next one, aggravated harassment on the second degree, not guilty. The accused is found not guilty of crimes that involve intentionally and knowingly engaging in an act towards a person which is likely to cause them to fear physical injury or significant property damage in the second degree. Last one, harassment on the second degree, guilty, involves engaging in a course of conduct intentionally and knowingly that alarms or seriously annoys another person, and it serves no legitimate purpose. So, he was found guilty on half, not guilty on the other half, and Monday, he, is it Monday, the 9th? There will be an interview released with Good Morning America where he sits down with uh, ABC and discusses the trial and the outcome. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, I feel like mm -hmm. that'll be our like conclusion to the saga that we have been like covering on our podcast for like the past several months. Um, so stay tuned. That'll be kind of like our conclusion on the whole story. But just wild that this whole trial was like up and down so many times and that disney ended up dropping him from from kang the conqueror from his role so it's it's crazy and like within an hour yeah. too it was so fast i agree so I, I mean they never they never react that fast so i think they were they were prepared they were there's no word yet on if they are going to continue with the king storyline or not but if they do we will keep you yes updated. yes Truthfully, I, I really hope that they end up like recasting and, and continuing. I feel like they've just built so much into this now that it's like, I feel like there's a lot of talented actors that could take over the role. I mean, I, I, I will say I was a fan of his performance, but mm -hmm. I understand the reasoning behind, you know, letting him go. And I, I one thing I really want to say is that I'm really actually like proud of Disney for not pulling a James Gunn and just like firing him off the bat. Like I'm, I'm kind of happy that they waited until like an official verdict was reached. And, like, it was official, like, that he was found, like, guilty of certain crimes before, like, firing him. I just feel like it speaks a lot to, like, Disney's personal growth. This whole episode is personal growth for the new year, guys. Except, you know, it's just <laughs> crazy, crazy ending. But, you know, it is what it is. I think they had to have that personal growth after the after firing Johnny yeah. Depp. And if they didn't have that personal growth, then they are, then they are so dumb. Yeah. But, you know. Exactly. I, I totally agree. Would you like to take the next one? Yes, I would. So, next up, in an interview with Screen Rant, Brad Winderbaum, head of streaming, television, and animation at Marvel Studios, officially confirms the Daredevil Netflix show is canon to the character's story in the MCU. No official word yet on the other shows involving Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, but Daredevil has officially been confirmed to be a part of the MCU. I'm so happy about this. I love Daredevil and I'm really happy that they're just building it in because I feel like with a few like little tweaks and a little like explanations, it could really be like easily, you know, incorporated. What do you think? Well, they did the last trailer they released did have footage from Daredevil in from the Netflix show Daredevil in yep. the trailer. So it's official. It's canon. Yes, I'm so excited. And it's a good day. It is a good day. It's a good time to be a Marvel fan. Oh, for sure. Good, good, goodness gracious. Definitely. Um, furthermore, in an interview with a Zero, Winderbaum and Kingpin actor Vincent D'Onofrio play coy about finally revealing who bought Avengers Tower. And we may learn about that in Echo. <laughs> Could it be Fisk Tower now? I guess we'll find out soon. 
oh, I want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I really want that. I want that to be it. God, that'd be cool. Exactly, it's true. I love Vincent. So, moving on. Recently, Marvel announced a new banner certain MCU projects will be released under called Marvel Spotlight. Brad Winderbaum, he's the gift that keeps on giving, apparently, because he is hooking us up. Yes. Recently explained what that exactly means. He says it's kind of like the comics in that there are certain stories that tie into the main continuity and really play into the overall narrative. And then there's the other ones that are more standalone and are character-driven like Echo is. Really, what the spotlight branding represents is an opportunity for people who are more casual fans who might not know what happened in the last Avengers movie to show up and kind of enjoy it on its own terms without the need to watch a ton of content to understand what is happening. I swear to you, I think this is so needed. I think it's a good idea. I think this is going to kill. Yes. Oh, yeah. Me too. I think, like, for the longevity of the MCU and, like, the, like encouraging the fan base to continue, like, it's, it's, it's hard to expect maybe, like, someone new who is, like, kind of just jumping into things now to be like, oh, you have to watch, like, a million movies and shows to understand, like, every single thing that's happening. So I think this is really smart um, to kind of give it, give, like, those certain stories their own, um, their own kind of title and their own branding. And eventually, I'm sure they're still going to intersect anyway. So it's, it's, it's a nice, it's kind of like a nice thing for the casual fans. I think that's, it's going to be good for the, for the brand as a whole, for sure. I I think it'll be good for the for everything because now you have an opportunity to bring, to introduce more characters that don't have to do with the big story. Like this this is exciting. We could get a cohorty show from this. Oh yes, like this is exciting. Recently, Marvel think? held a press screening for the first two episodes of What If season two. Attendees were treated to a sneak peek at the studio's Disney Plus animation slate for 2024. Marvel showed off X-Men 97, Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, previously known as Spider-Man Freshman Year, and the newly revealed Eyes of Wakanda. The studio also reaffirmed plans for a third season of What If. I was shocked by the Eyes of Wakanda thing, truthfully. Pleasantly shocked. I pleasantly shocked. And it's... It's exciting. Well, I mean, not for me, but like, I'm sure you guys are excited. It's going to be animated. Uh, and then season three of What If? They've already released uh, a trailer for it, too. Like, that was they're, crazy. They're crazy. Yes. And Bucky Supremacy, he's going to be in that episode. So, like, yes. This is going to be a good year for us. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Until next time, you can follow me everywhere at his name is Max. And you can follow me on Twitter at Megan the Gangsta. Join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on all of our socials at Mediaverse CU. Our new episodes will be airing someday. We haven't decided which day yet, but everywhere you stream your favorite podcast. <laughs> so Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. Bless. <laughs> I saw you